came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All, and all, now all that believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Hallelujah. We've, we've been on the series of the contagious church. Someone said contagious church. Hallelujah. The word contagious from the dictionary is, it says that of a disease spread from one person or organism to another, typically by direct contact. Which means that as soon as you come into contact with the carrier of the disease, you become infected. Amen. Christians are supposed to become contagious in their nature. When Jesus was about to leave after the resurrection, his, the, 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 the disciples gathered together and they asked Jesus, would you now restore the kingdom to, our, to, 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 to the Jews? And he said, it is not for you to know the times and seasons that the Lord has purposed. But you shall be my witness. I'm talking about Acts chapter 1, um, 9 verse 8. You shall be my witness. Or you shall be witnesses for me. You shall be contagious from today. Because of the Holy Spirit. And you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the utmost part of the world. Amen. He said that I am infusing you. If you look at Luke chapter uh, 24, the last, uh, the last uh, chapter, he said that when he rose, he breathed in them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And the continuation of Luke is the Acts that says that now that I have breathed into you the disease, become contagious, which means that everywhere you go, you must affect people with what is inside of you, the disease that is inside of you. Amen. I told you that Ebola is one of the most feared disease. Why is it most feared? It's not because Ebola has more uh, uh, bugs or more uh, germs that would paralyze you. There are more dangerous diseases than Ebola. But what makes Ebola a fear disease is the fact that it's very, very communicable. It's very, very contagious. Before, cholera was like Ebola. All those type of infectious diseases, the world panics when they hear or they feel it. Yellow fever is one such thing. Hallelujah. Swine flu. How many remember the swine flu? When swine flu came, I mean, people didn't want to travel. And when they are traveling, they have like skin marks. You think they are ninjas. Their skin marks, you know, this type of bird flu and everything. Everybody is scared because it is contagious. If you joke, you will be a victim. 
In fact, it came to a point, even when you go to church, you are not allowed to hug people. You are not allowed to shake the hands of people. Why? Because you are likely to be affected by the disease just because you come into contact with somebody. Amen. And the opposite of being contagious is being quarantined. To be quarantined means to be restrained, to be kept away from public, to be, to be uh, caged, to be separated from people, to be blocked. Amen. If you were Satan, or if I were Satan, and I'm given the choice of choosing between a quarantine Christian and a contagious Christian, I would want a quarantine Christian any day. If I were Satan and I had a choice between a quarantine church and a contagious church, I would choose a quarantine church any day. And so Satan has decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to help the church become quarantined. So we are happier coming to church on a Sunday like this, keeping the uh, uh, happiness of singing, dancing, the, the word in church like this on a Sunday. And then as soon as we walk out of the doors, we go and become ordinary. So that there's no difference between us and anybody else. There's no difference between us and our colleagues at work. There's no difference between us and our uh, mates at school. There is nothing that makes us separated. There's nothing that makes us different or marked apart from everybody else. We are like every. We cast like everybody. We lie like everybody. We cheat like everybody. We do what everybody else does. Because Christ is contained within the confines of the church. We leave. We come here to visit Him on Sunday. And we go back home to live our lives. In case you're wondering what I'm talking about, you just wonder your relationship with your Bible. It's only on Sunday that you, you pick it up from the. You see, when you're going to church on Sunday, then you ask your, your wife, Honey, where did I put my, my Bible? They say, Where you put it Sunday after church? It's still there in the booth. Amen. It doesn't matter how large the church is, it doesn't matter how small the church is. A large church can be a contained church. A small church can be a, 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 a contagious church. Amen. It is not about the size. It is about becoming infectious anytime you come into contact with somebody. Am I talking to, to somebody? And, and we, we have a good example in the Bible. The early church in Jerusalem was a contagious church. I told you that the reason why the, the church needed to be contagious was because Jesus was a contagious person. Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 how God anointed Jesus Christ with power who went about. He did not stay in one place. He went about doing good and healing all. He was not contained in one place. He went about Today, the church is contained in one place. We don't take the church outside. We don't like people to even to associate us with the church. We, we see, when we go to, to, to the city center and people are uh, talking to us, uh, others about Christ, we know we just shy away from that because we don't want the embarrassment. Hallelujah. 
Because we are contained. We are not contagious. Amen. But I pray that the contagious church will rise again. I say the contagious church will rise again. You know, I was having a long conversation with a bishop friend of mine yesterday. We talked for about two, three hours. And I was telling him about the type of move that is coming. The move that is in the spiritual horizon. And I was saying to him that the type of, of uh, uh, move that God is bringing down is from young people. And the young people are very radical. They love God passionately. They, you see, when I was young, when I was around 19, 18, you know, it's like getting drunk, having a lot of girlfriends, having, a, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, dubious and dodgy things was what makes you cool. How many know what I'm talking about? Then you, are, you qualify to be one of the cool guys. But these days, being celibate makes you cool. Oh, you, do, you are not clapping because you don't understand what I'm talking about. Now, young people, you see, I, I, was, I, was, talk, I, I was in a camp yes, uh, on Friday, and I was surprised what the questions the young people were asking. Say, is it the will of God to be celebrated? I didn't even understand the, the question. So I was answering something. Because to them, it's now a new craze that me, I'm keeping my sexuality for Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's what is there. there. I'm busy serving God. It's the grace. And these are like teenagers, young people, on fire for God. Whilst the rest of us are contained. We have issues, Pastor. Our, our lives, the curse of, 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 of this life, the, the, the deception of, of the riches of this earth has, has choked the... the, the the, the, the seed of Christ in us. So we are not being productive. Yeah. But a young church is emerging. Amen. I say out of the shadows, a young church is emerging. Amen. You just wait. Give it five years. You will see what I'm talking about. A young church is, you see, if you're a spiritual person, you must always read the spiritual atmosphere. And you must always understand what is going on spiritually. And I'm telling you that a young church is emerging. They are hungry because they are disappointed by us. They are disappointed by the church that they came to meet. A lazy quarantine church. A church that doesn't want to do anything. A church that is bless me, bless me, bless me church. All they want is their blessing. All they preach about is their blessing. All they preach about is dominion and power. How they will get one over their enemies. That's all they care about. How the, the demons in my father's house are killed. The demons in my mother's house are killed. I am successful. Listen to our testimonies. It's gotten so bad that now they contract prophets and pastors. I have a sugar daddy. Can you break the wife? So that the wife is eliminated. So that I can be the one married. And you know I'll come. Some people go there. I'm carrying uh, what do you call it? Narcotics. Can you pray that when I go, I succeed? I'm not caught. Very selfish church. Very selfish. It's like we are manipulating the spirit of God. And the younger people are so disappointed in us. I remember being young. 
we were disappointed in our parents and their church. Because anytime they go, they just go and sit, sing one hymn and sleep. So we emerged out of the shadows from the gardens of prayer. We were praying in the gardens. We didn't know much. We did not know much in the scriptures. But what we knew was that we had some fire. So we also emerged and brought the Pentecostal and the charismatic. But then with the Pentecostal and the charismatic, we have also become selfish, breakthrough, lazy, quarantined. So a new generation is emerging. And they are crazy. They don't know much in the Bible. They don't know anything. But you see, Satan is afraid of people that are contagious. I was telling you that the world may not understand what you are saying. They may not understand what you are, but they respect you because you believe something. In case you are doubting me, remember how ISIS became the thing that shows stopper. It stopped every news network. Everybody was talking about ISIS. Why? It's a group of young fanatic people. They say they believe in something. In fact, when you sit with any member of ISIS and you ask them, what do you believe in? Some of the, half of them don't even know what they are believing. All they know is that we are going to die for something. We are going to fight the oppressor. Who is the oppressor? They don't really know who particularly is the oppressor. But they are willing to die for that. And they became very attractive. You see, when you are contagious, the Bible says, and fear came upon the people. And many were added to them daily that were being saved. Amen. So with that, we started looking at the characteristics of the contagious church. Do you remember? And we said that from Acts chapter 2 verse 42, the Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Amen. And last week I was saying to you that what made the, contag- the church contagious was the fact that the doctrine was not polluted. The doctrine was not shifted. The doctrine was not uh, 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 mixed. You know how you mix drinks? They take uh, gin and then they put some tonic and they add lime. It, 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 it takes the potency of the drink and makes it user-friendly. How many know those aquapops? Aquapops, the alcohol that is like a pop. Because they introduce the young people. If you want to introduce a youngster into drinking, you give them aquapop, which is that alcohol plus pop, which is a fizzy drink. So they put a little bit of uh, gin or brandy or whiskey inside uh, a nice drink, and they put in a very nice, nicely labeled a bottle, and the youngsters are introduced to drinking through that diluted message. The message of God today is so diluted, so diluted, because we don't like the rawness of the gospel. Because the rawness of the gospel creates a contagious church. So the Bible says, and they continued steadfast. I told you last week that steadfast is the marine term. It's a marine terminology used by seamen because the sea is so vast. The sea is so wide. Everywhere leads to everywhere. If you want to go to uh, Australia from United Kingdom, you are supposed to go south, south, 
uh, east. Are you with me? So you are going south, southeast. Because Australia is down here somewhere. If you are going, because there's no compass, there's no landmarks on the sea. There's no that when you get to the bridge, you turn right. When you get at the end, at the top of the road, turn left. There's nothing like at the top of the road, turn left in the, the sea. There's nothing like that. So it's that when you are going, you have to step fast following the compass. Whatever the compass tells you to do, do it. Because everywhere looks like everywhere. It's all water. Otherwise, you end up in, uh, uh, what do you call it? The f- you end up either in, uh, um, what's it called? The, uh, not, not even New Zealand. New Zealand is close. I'm talking about you end up in South America, Brazil, or Argentina. So instead of going south, south east, you end up south, southwest. Because it looks the same. You may even end up going into uh, to Norway. Because you instead of turning, you didn't even know you are turned. See, when, when a ship is turning, it doesn't turn like a car. A ship is turning, it's going, it's going, but it has turned. Because it's going, 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 going. As it's going, as it's going, it's still going. It's still going, but you're going back. Are you getting it? So you need to be steadfast. Where you see, and the compact is like it's sitting in the water with the pin. It's sitting in the water, and by the, the, the water is moving underneath the compass, but the compass doesn't shift. It's steadfast. The water is moving by steadfast. And the, the uh, captain is not deterred or, or is not um, confused by the water. It is just looking at the pin. Where the pin is is where we are going. Where the pin is is where we are going. Because they were steadfast to the apostles' doctrine. What was the apostles' doctrine? The apostles' doctrine was preaching repentance, holiness, the Bible says there was a man crying out in the wilderness who wore uh, camel's hair. And he said, who want you to flee from this impending doom? He was insulting the people and telling them, repent from your sins. Turn away for the kingdom of God is here. When Jesus came, Jesus preached the same gospel. The kingdom of God is here. So turn away from your sins. Live right. Today, we don't talk about sin in the church. Because as soon as you start talking about sins that people can identify with, they get angry with you. Stop, stop uh, adultery. Stop this, stop that. This pastor, the, the, the first thing they do is to stop giving offerings. Because as soon as they stop giving money, the pastor becomes... <laughs> it's like you see that there's the bills of the church begins to pile <laughs> it's like they, they'll sit especially those who give a lot to the church they try to control what the pastor says yeah. they say, you can talk about this you can talk about this but don't talk about this don't talk about this anything that concerns them any sin that they can identify with you can't talk about How many understand what I'm saying? Saying, yeah. So you go to the church. The church only preaches what the people want to hear. Your breakthrough is on its way. 
Everything that people want to hear, that's the part. You dare not preach anything that people don't want to hear. Because if you preach something they don't want to hear, tomorrow, next week, they won't come to church. And you see, a pastor that preaches a sermon that people uh, don't want to hear, the next Sunday, he'll be feeling the, 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 the heat. That's what just the message like. It's not as bad. So I, I was telling a, a, a young pastor, listen, get your own money. So that you are not controlled. The church people don't control you. Me, I'll preach the gospel. If, because tomorrow morning I'll go to work. <laughs> so I don't depend on your money. Uh, just as you go to work, I also go to work. So you have your money, I have my money. So I preach what you, if you don't hear, you can go. Tomorrow, next week, don't come. Because next week I'm even going to part two. And part two will be worse than part one. <laughs> yeah. So that I am free to preach what God has told me to preach. And I don't care whether you don't like what I'm saying. You know, some people control you, the pastor, with their face. As you are preaching, then go. Then if you don't know, I mean, just chances you lock eyes with them, they go. Stop what you are preaching. I don't fear fear you. I'll preach what I have to preach. Amen. So be steadfast. Amen. Amen. The second characteristic was what? And, no, no, go, go to the same scripture. And in fellowship. Fellowship. I said to you, the word fellowship comes from two words. It's also a marine term, which means fellows in a ship. Somebody say fellows in a ship. You know, in, in the olden days, they didn't have um, uh, motorized uh, engines. So, if you're traveling from maybe uh, uh, one continent to the other and you're in a ship, they have some big muscular men sitting in the bows of the ship underneath and they have the long oars that they are rolling. Have you seen those Cambridge and uh, Oxford race? Yeah, that's what they do. And you see, if they are going to roll and make the ship go in... Uh, 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 um, same speed in one direction, they have to roll the same way. You see, when you sit in a ship, in a boat, and you are rolling, let's say those on this side are rolling, and those on this side are not rolling, the ship will turn, the boat will turn this way. Are you with me? When you, you roll uh, clockwise, the boat will go backwards. When you roll anti-clockwise, it will go forward. Are you getting it? So the, the fellows must have the same mind, the same judgment on things to roll together. And I said to First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God, that you have the same judgment, the same mind concerning everything. If we are going to be a contagious church, we must have the same mind. Have the same spirit. That you be joined together, that there be no divisions among you. The division is what Satan specializes to keep us contained. A church that is divisive is a church that is not attractive. A church that, you see, there are some churches when you enter, you know who is not talking to who. Who doesn't like who? Because if they don't like this person, they sit here, the opposite side. <laughs> and you see, let's welcome each other. They, you see them bypassing some people. They welcome this person. Welcome that person. Welcome them. And then when they get here, they eye the person. Then you know. 
Hallelujah. But let us continue steadfast. Did you put that scripture? First Corinthians 1.10. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord, that you speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you. That you be perfectly joined together in the same band and in the same judgment. That become fellows in a ship. That is half fellowship. Half fellowship. Row together. Row together. Keep the, the ship streamlined. That is cutting through the, the waves. Going in the, the right motion in the right direction. Hallelujah. That is what makes the church contagious. You know, people like unity. People like beauty. People like love. Isn't it true? That is why love song sells. Love movie sells. Love novels sell. Are you with me? Because when it's lovely, it gives us a utopia of how life is supposed to be. I call it the Garden of Eden experience. They, they, they like something like that. That's why people go to weddings. Even when they've been divorced seven times, they like to go to weddings and they look longingly at the, the couple as they are exchanging vows and like they go, ah, ooh, ah, I take you as my lawfully wedded uh, husband in sickness and in health. Meanwhile, they just left their husband who was sick. But as somebody else is exchanging their vows, they are like, oh, ooh, you may kiss your bride. Everybody's happy. We like it. It's lovely. We may not, we have failed in it, but we like it still. Amen. In the same way, somebody can come to a church that is, they are sinful. They know they are sinful, but when they come and they hear the truth, they like it. When they hear what is being said, the raw truth, not, not adulterated, they like it. The, the Bible, and fear came upon them. Which that they were afraid, but they still liked it. Amen. The next one. Go back to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And in breaking of bread, breaking of bread, there is something that breaking of bread brings. That you can't get in sitting in church. You see, I think my wife was saying this the other day that food has a way of making us stupid. Food has a way of making us lose our guard. So if you want to discuss any meeting, you want to discuss any serious meeting, take the people over food. You want to pop the question to the wife, to the, to the prospective wife. Take her to eat dinner. Because after she's eating her guts, I let her down. Then you can tell her what you want to tell her. <laughs> yeah, because when they have eaten, their guts are up. That's how come main, main contracts are signed over dinner. Because it makes you relax. It makes you more trusting. It makes you more believing. You see, uh, uh, I'm of a different race from you. I'm of a different background to you. I have my preconceived misconceptions about you, about who you are, about things that concerning you. I, I, don't, I don't have, you know, we are all prejudiced in, a, in one way or the other. That is natural. You know, but, but when we start to eat, then I start to relax. Then I start to, oh, okay. 
so you two like this? Ah, so you two you like meat? Oh, so you then there's like now I am relaxed. Now me we are we are we are okay because I can see that I can see the real you, I, not the pretend you, and I'm also not pretend because my guts are down. So we can we can flow. Are you with me? So when I see you again in another setting, I'm having eating. My guts are not as high up because we have broken that barrier. That suspicion I had of you is gone down because we are. I know you. So have you had this? Someone say, I, "I don't like this type of people." But as for you, you are different. <laughs> have you heard it before? What they are saying is that you are different because the barrier, the guards were down, and I know who you are. I've seen beyond the guts. Somebody came to my house, my next door neighbor, he's an elderly, you've met him, an elderly white man, was mowing my lawn. And I was standing by him and we're chatting. And the guy was like, what's going on here? I said, that is our relationship. Because I organize barbecue, I cook, he sits by me, and then we chat, and we eat. So he's, he, him, his wife, his dog, Charlie. <laughs> we all sit together, we barbecue and eat. You know, so he will say that, as for you, Chris, you are different. No, I'm not different, it's just that you've gotten to know me without your guts. So it's easy. Ah, I go to his bedroom. Comes to my bedroom. The other day, I was in his bedroom because he needed something fixing in his bedroom. So he called me that oh, this thing and this thing and this thing needs fixing. I said, I know just the man to fix it. So I brought the man and he fixed it. So when he finished fixing, I wasn't there when he finished. So I, I was, I just packed the car and so come and see what your friend has done. Then I went to inspect it. Very nice. When I'm going on holiday or something, so there's the time that uh, I'm going away, my wife has gone away, my daughter comes, she hasn't got a key. I said, go and sit with uh, Peter and uh, Susan. When I come, go and sit with uh, Peter and Susan, play with Charlie. <laughs> when I come, and open the door. When I have any, when he's going, traveling, he gives me his keys. I pack my car in his garage. When I'm traveling and I'm away for a long time, I give him my keys. Are you getting what I'm saying? But I didn't know him from Adam. But over food, over fellowship, now we are like family. He said he has a caravan. He says to me, when are you going to get the caravan and take Gloria and the kids away? Caravan free of charge, go and pack it anywhere and have holiday. Why? Because we are. The barrier has been broken. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he had suspicions about me. And I had suspicions about him. But over time and food and drink, we are now. Amen. My time is up. The, really, what I wanted to talk about was the last one, and in prayers.
Amen. Let me do that in one minute. Is that okay? Yeah. Without prayers, we will not have the contagious church. Amen. You know, like I was saying to you, when we were younger and we were emerging from the Orthodox church, what brought about the charismatic church started in the gardens. We used to go and hide in the gardens and pray for hours. We didn't know much about the gospel, about the, about the Bible, but we knew that we had to pray. We had to pray. And we prayed. And we prayed. And we prayed. The more we prayed, the more we became contagious. The more we prayed, the more we became infectious. Hallelujah. You can never be an infectious, contagious Christian if you are not connected to God. In John chapter 15, the Bible says, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. I think it's verse 3. It says that without me, you can do nothing. Amen. So without prayer, we can do nothing. Go to 4. You cannot do anything without being abiding in the vine. We are useless without him. Prayer is the key. Amen. I pray that we become very prayerful. That is what is going to make us contagious. Amen. We had a long hour prayer in church. But have you not realized that the prayer is the least attended service? I was telling a friend, oh, we had a 12-hour prayer and X amount of people came to church. He was like, wow, that's very impressive. And I was very, very disappointed that not a lot of people came to pray. But he said it's impressive because prayer is the service that nobody comes to. But I see you rising to pray. Stand to your feet.